Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Crystal Payne. Crystal Payne is a wife, a mom of three, a New York Times bestselling author, a speaker, and founder of MoneySavingMom.com. She's written multiple books, including Money Making Mom, Say Goodbye to Survival Mode, and 21 Days to a more disciplined life. You know, she's one of those people that, that you meet her for the first time and you feel like you've known her for your whole life. Uh, she's, she's one of those people that you'd send the kids over to play at her house because you know, you know that she's just a good person, uh, all around good person. She really knows her stuff. And, and really what I'm excited to chat about is the fact that she's been able to use books as, as a part of her strategy um, to, to grow this massive following around moneysavingmom.com. I mean, you guys are getting millions of uniques a month and it's just become this huge movement. So Crystal, so excited to have you on and so excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited to be there, be here. And that was a little <laughs> bit too kind of an intro, but thank you. Awesome. Hey, let's, uh, I want to, I want to start this off by going back a little bit towards the beginning and really why did you decide to write your first book? Why a book in general? And, and what was the purpose behind that first book? Okay, so we are gonna dive right into the vault of shame. That's where we're gonna go. <laughs> so my very first book, which you don't really hear me talk about very much, was called The Money Saving Mom's Budget. And it was published in 2012, I think it came out in 2012. I started writing it in 2010-ish, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and I actually wrote this book because um, I got this email from a publisher and they said, would you like to write a book? And I thought, well, would I? Okay. And um, so it was kind of one of these fluke situations where I was writing um, articles for um, AOL back then. AOL was kind of a big deal and um, they would feature me on their homepage every week. And um, a publisher had seen that article and thought, oh, she looks like she has a following. We should give her a book deal. Okay, so lesson number one, don't take a book deal just because you have a following. Um, you need to really actually know how to write a book. And I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't know even how to read a book contract. And so there was all these clauses in there that I had no idea. And I ended up um, signing you know, away stuff that I wish I never would have. Um, I didn't have an agent, so I didn't know that I should have asked for more. I didn't know that when they give you this amount, um, that amount is indicative of how much they're going to put towards marketing. So basically I did everything wrong. Not, and also the fact that I didn't know how to write a book and it's very different to write a book than to write a blog post. And so I signed this book deal and I started trying to figure out how to write this book. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, I have no idea what I'm doing. 
And really, honestly, that book is still up on Amazon. You can go see there's horrible reviews of it. Um, but it was such a great learning experience because I really did everything wrong. Um, I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a proposal. I didn't have a clue. And so when it came time for me to be done with this book, I it was not at all ready to go to the publisher, but it went to the publisher because I was like, here's what I got. And um, they published it. There was not really an editorial process. I mean, it just the whole thing. I did every single thing wrong, but I'd always said that I would never write a book unless it was come and dropped in my lap. And I really feel like it came and got dropped in my lap. I did everything wrong, but what it really inspired for me was this thing of, I want to actually try to write a book the right way. And so I had the opportunity to then go and get a do-over with my second and my third book and learn, take the lessons that I learned and all the things that I did wrong and try to do it better the next time. Mm, love that. Love that. Now, I guess two parts I want to go here is some of those mistakes that you made. What were some of the mistakes? You already briefly touched on that, but maybe what were some of the lessons learned there? And then how did that affect your next books, right? How did that affect how you wrote them, marketed them, the whole thing? Yes. Okay. So the biggest lesson that I learned is that you need to have a plan before you write a book. I know you teach this stuff because you don't just sit down with a blank screen and think, hmm, what do I want to write on today? Hmm, okay, I'll write on that. No, you have to have a plan. And um, I know when I've listened to some of the stuff that you've talked about where, you know, how you really sit down and you brainstorm and then you craft this whole plan. That was key for me. And that was what I, the biggest thing that I did wrong with the first book was to not, I didn't have a proposal. I literally had a little paragraph that I submitted to them that was very vague. And they said, okay, that sounds okay. Um, so with my second book, I spent so much time not only um, getting the idea of what I wanted to write about, but then writing on that topic and speaking on that topic and letting it marinate. And then also then spending a lot of time writing a proposal. And I think so many people, they kind of jump ahead to the book writing part and don't remember or realize that the actual proposal where you're outlining every single step of this book, the what it's going to look like, why you should write this, why you're the perf perfect person to write this, what else is out there on the market, what credentials you have to write this book, and then all the details of what this book is going to be about, putting that into the proposal, that really helps you to decide, am I supposed to write this book? I mean, is this the book for me? Because if you can't even write the proposal, you shouldn't be writing the book. Because if you cannot outline the entire book, if you cannot tell why you're the person to write the book, if you cannot uh, have the passion to follow through with a proposal, you're never going to have the passion to follow through with a really strong book. Got it. Now, in terms of... Uh... I mean, obviously there, there are tons of lessons learned in there, but you went from someone who you said, Hey, look, I'm not writing a book unless it gets dropped into my lap to really a content machine in terms of books. Cause you said, you mentioned that that first book 2012, uh, and now over the span of a, a short amount of time, you've been able to do multiple books since then. So how has your process changed? You touched on that a little bit, but like, how have you been able to go from someone who was like, nope, not doing it unless it comes to me to now you've got multiple books and it seems like it's something that truly is a part of your business strategy. 
Yes. Um, so I think the thing that really made a difference for me with my second book was I said, I'm never going to write a book again unless one, I have a really good proposal and two, unless someone helps me write it. So the secret for me with writing full length books, not ebooks, but full length books is um, for my last two books, I had a ghost editor that I worked with. And she basically was the person who took all of my ideas, so I would just, I feel like I just kind of threw them all up onto a page for her, and then she would pick out the morsels in there that she's like, okay, let's, this is, it's looking like an outline, and there's, here's the pieces, and then what do you think of this? So she would, she was the person who I would just be able to bounce all of my ideas off of. She would, um, we would work on chapter by chapter, section at a time, and each chapter, it was about seven revisions that she and I went through, and she wasn't writing the book for me. She was just editing it, and so it was the kind of thing where not only was it accountability, because I needed that accountability, but it was also her saying that story that you use right there, I don't think that's strong enough. I think you need a better example. Or could you go and find um, something that you could cite that would back this up? Or I really think this section, there's disconnect here. We need to figure out a way to um, make that more cohesive. And so she was editing it as we went along versus waiting until the end um, to send it into the publisher and have them edit it as a whole. And I feel like it made it so much stronger, but it also was the accountability that I needed to actually follow through with the book. And so um, that was that was key for me in actually doing it. Um, and I think in the middle of everything else that I had going on, um, I was not able to just say, hey, I'm going to take three or six months of my life and step away from the business and all the other responsibilities and write this book. And so having someone who came alongside me was just amazingly key in the finished product being so much better. Mm, that's great. So you've got some help plus some accountability and that seems to have really worked for you. So those are some good lessons, some good takeaways there. Now you mentioned the whole, I can't just stop everything and do this book. Now, obviously you're running a very successful company um, and a lot of people might relate as, Hey, I've got a job. I've got, uh, you know, my own business. I'm trying to get off the, the ground, all these things. I don't really have time for a book. How have you balanced that in terms of you've done multiple books and obviously there's other things you can do to grow your business. So how do you balance writing a book with running the business? And I guess the second part of that question would be, how do you know, or how do you decide like, when is it time to devote time to write the next book? And when should I just hold off a little bit and focus on growing the business? Yeah, I think that's a great question for me. Um, with the books, I feel like that having a published book um, gives you some legitimacy and gets your foot in the door places that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise be able to get your foot in the door with. And even if it's a book that you have self-published on Amazon, there's something about you having your own book that gives you this credential that just saying, I'm a blogger, you don't have. I remember the day that my first book came out. And even though it was quite pathetic, in my opinion, um, there was this, all of a sudden it was like, oh, you're not just a blogger, you're an author. And it, it made, it gave me credibility. And so it's given me the ability to um, opportunities for speaking, opportunities for media, opportunities for writing that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And so I think there's that to consider. Um, I would say that when you're going through a publisher, if you already have a successful business, you really have to sell a lot of books for it to be a strong income stream. And so for me, 
compared to the other income streams, because I wasn't self-publishing, it was not an extremely strong income stream. But you have to also take into consideration the fact that I have a very successful business that I'm comparing it to. Um, if I self-publish, like I've done with some courses and eBooks and other things, it's an extremely strong income stream. So um, I think that the, the drawback for that is though that then I'm having to do all of the work and fund everything. So there's there's pros and cons with each. But um, as far as the, the business and kind of knowing, okay, how do I find the time to write the book? For me, I had to make the time. And I think with everything in life, if you want something badly enough, you will make the time for it. And so for us as a family, we had to sit down with each book, sit down and say, how are we going to make this happen? Because we really feel like this is the next step. This is, I, I felt really strongly in, in all three cases that it was time and that I had a publisher and um, kind of I could see, okay, I have six months um, in the next year that I can really focus on this or whatever. But we would sit down as a family and we look at our schedule and we say, how are we going to work together to make this happen? Because when, if you're married, if you have kids, it becomes a family endeavor because you're really having to, um, your spouse is gonna have to make a sacrifices for it to happen. Your kids are gonna have to make sacrifices for it to happen. And so making it a family endeavor and not just like, well, mom's gonna go write her book, so sorry, you, I'm gonna check out for three months, but all of us saying, how are we gonna work together to make this happen? So with my first book, I got up really early in the morning, um, about three or four in the morning, every morning for an extended period of time, and that's when I wrote. Um, with my second book, I did the same. I had the ghost editor, so that helped me a lot to have that accountability. And she did some of the, you know, she helped me with some of the writing so that it wasn't just me all by myself trying to figure it out. With my third book, because the business had grown and I had a lot going on, um, the only way that I made it happen was I got, I would go to bed and then I'd get up at midnight and I wrote from midnight to four and then I would go back to bed. And that's what I did for quite a long while because I found that in the middle of the night, there are no distractions. My kids weren't up. There's nobody emailing me. There's nobody texting me. There's nobody that needs anything. The internet is dead for me in the middle of the night. And so I could really get into that writing groove and really get that focused work done that I need to get done. Obviously, that wouldn't work for a lot of people, but <laughs> for me, it was me saying, I'm really passionate about this. I want to put this out there. I feel like that this is a this is a message that I'm supposed to give to the world. And so we're going to make sacrifices in the short term for the long-term benefits. Got it. And love having the, the upfront conversation with your family to kind of make a family game plan for writing the book. That's fantastic. Now, you touched on the 12 to 4 thing. That's crazy. I love it. It's so crazy that I love it. <laughs> how long did you have to do that for? And like, how, how did that work? Did you like, how was that in comparison to the other times where you just got up early? And then how did that uh, affect the family dynamic while you were writing the book? Yeah, so my husband is home full time and we're in the business um, together and we also um, currently homeschool our kids. And so um, it worked out that we were able to, he took over um, half of the homes, actually he took over all of the homeschooling um, for the three months that I wrote the book. And so he would literally let me sleep in and I would, so I would get up and I would write and then I'd go back to bed and then I would sleep in and he get the kids up and get the day started. So obviously that wouldn't work for a lot of families, but I think it's a great example of when there's a will, you can usually find a way. And so that's what we did. Um, but as far as uh, it comparing to the other 
times when I would just get up early. What I found is that this is kind of a funny thing, but I had told my audience, like my readers for so long, I'd been like, you should get up early in the morning. Like there's so, you know, you can do so much in the early morning hours. So my readers get up early now, which means that there's a lot of activity going on in the early morning. People are emailing and they're leaving comments. And they're like, there's stuff to do because people are up in the morning, which is a great thing. But I realized that if I was trying to get up at four and really get in that, I need like three or four hours to really focus um, to get into that writing groove where it's, I can just really think and it's, I'm being all creative. Um, then from, if I was doing that from like four to eight, it was like by about 5.30 or 6, it was like the world was coming alive and I wasn't, I was getting a lot of distractions. So for about three months, um, we literally cleared almost everything from our schedule and that's what I did. And so I would write in the middle of the night, I would get to bed early, get up late, do the stuff that I had to do to run the business but I didn't, I really cut out pretty much everything else out of my life and for a three month period. And we just said, if we can just, you know, kind of sprint and just really power through, um, we're going to look back and be glad that we made these sacrifices. And we are. That's awesome. Now I want to switch gears a little bit to, to more of the marketing and the monetizing kind of the back end thing. Let's, let's, let's touch on marketing and this really get, and then let's get into kind of the effects that books have had on your business. So for, for a little bit, let's just kind of break down like, what does the marketing portion of the book look like of the book launch look like for you and how has that changed over the course of multiple books? So um, with my first book, I did have a pretty comprehensive marketing plan that I put together. I didn't know what I was doing and at that point I didn't have much of a team working with me. Um, and because like I said, when a publisher gives you an amount as an advance, that is their indication of how much they're going to put into the book. So the more advance you get, the more it means that they're gonna put more marketing efforts. I didn't know that, and so I ended up with an advance that I thought was great for me, but for the publisher, it was like I was on the D team, basically, and so they did very little to help me with marketing because they're like, oh, it's a, you know, a D list book or whatever, um, so I think that that's one thing that a lot of people, the misconception, though, that comes with if you think if you get a book deal versus self-publishing is you think mm -hmm. that the publisher is going to do so much work for you. Well, they can be an asset and they pay for a lot of things a lot of the time, but they are expecting you to do the work. And, you know, you've heard the statistics of like the, the writing of the book is about 5% of the work and the marketing of the book is about 95% of the work. And it is. And so, so for me, the marketing plan was so important, especially with books two and three, once I kind of knew what, what worked, what didn't work, and what felt good to me. Um, and so for me, I laid it out months and months in advance. So really, um, at least seven to nine months in advance, I wanted to have the the bones of the marketing plan all figured out. And um, even when I was writing the book, I was thinking of specific pieces in the book or phrases in the book or sections in the book that would be really good for marketing. So whether that would be a hot topic that I would want to write articles on, or that would be um, something that would be, you know, we'd use that for a tweet to promote the book, or we'd use that in um, an Instagram photo because it was a really great quote or something. So pulling those key things out as you're writing so that you're thinking of the marketing. It's not just like you write the book and then you figure out the marketing plan, but really thinking of it while 
you're writing the book. I think that is, um, that's been key for me. There's a book that um, I love called um, Sell Your Book Like Wildfire by Rob Eager, that that has really inspired me. And um, I read that, I think, when I was in the process of launching my second book and really helped me then with my third book to figure out how am I going to um, market this book well from the beginning. So um, creating the marketing plan, thinking of all the aspects of marketing, thinking of who is my target market. Um, I really encourage people to actually identify that person. Who is the specific person that you're writing this book to? Because it can't just be, well, it's a great book for everyone. No, uh -uh, uh uh like it needs to be a very specific person that you're writing this book to. So for me, I'm usually, I'm writing for the mom who she has a few young kids. She's overwhelmed with her life. She's in usually in her like late twenties, early thirties. And she, her heart is at home and with her family, but she also either with my second book, it was that she's overwhelmed and she just wants to figure out how to live her life with more passion and purpose. And with my third book, Money Making Mom, it was that she needs to figure out a way to use her passions to and her skills to be able to make an income, or she wants to do that. So identifying that market, that target person, then I can say, okay, where are those people? Like, where do they hang out online? What magazines do they read? What blogs do they read? What sites do they go to? Would they be more on Pinterest or would they be more on Facebook? Would they be more on Instagram? And so then I can tailor my marketing plan based upon where those people are going to be and put the most efforts there. And so thinking kind of globally first and then really breaking it down. And so I would have every single month leading up to the book launch and then every single week and then every single day for the last four weeks of the book launch, we would have every single day exactly what was going to happen in all our social media, exactly what was going to happen on the blog, exactly what posts we were going to write for whatever sites and who we were going to network with. And all the details would be very laid out at least a few months in advance so that I could see the whole picture and make sure that we weren't missing any of the pieces. Love it. Biggest things that, that you guys did that, that really moved the, the most books or that moved the needle? Yes. Okay. So I would say that one of the biggest things that we did was um, I think so many people um, make the mistake of just saying, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. It's like, I have a new book. I wrote a book, buy my book. And I'm like, do you really want someone hollering on the street corner saying, you know, buy this, buy this, buy this. Is that what's going to get you into some store? Probably not, unless you desperately need to buy whatever it is that they're selling on the street corner. It's also kind of annoying. Like, you don't want to be that person. <laughs> and so I really focus on telling them the value that they are going to get. How is this book going to benefit them? How is it going to change their life? What are those promises that I can make that if they read this book, they are going to learn these specific things? So I think from the get-go, when you're thinking of your marketing plan, to really know what are those key benefits that you are going to promote when you're marketing your book? And so I would write, leading up to the book launches, I would write a lot of articles that would be on those key topics. And then in the article, I would say, as I've been working on my book and I'd link to my book. And so I'm creating this awareness of the book, but I'm not saying buy my book. I'm just creating the awareness for it. Then having a launch team was hugely successful for me to then create that excitement for the book. So people knew it was coming and I do little teaser things here and there. Like maybe when you first get, get the cover, you can post on Instagram or post on your blog or something. So you're, you're teasing it, 
but you're not saying buy my book. You're just saying, I'm so excited. I've put all this effort into this. I can't wait. Like, yay, look at the cover. You're creating this awareness, but you want to be so careful about when you're actually asking people to buy because you can wear them out ahead of time when it's not the ideal time to ask them to buy. So create the awareness, then create the excitement. And so with a launch team, um, I would, posted on my blog and I said, um, hey, anybody, you know, want to um, help me promote this book? Um, it's coming out on X date. And if you would like to get a pre-release copy, um, then I would love to have you consider being on the, on the launch team. Now, I would say like, here's the four things that you are going to commit to if you're going to be on the launch team. We need you to write reviews on Amazon. We need you to um, read the pre-release copy and give us um, input if you find anything that you think needs to be changed. Um, we want you to give us your marketing ideas and we want you to be active on the Facebook group and just really helping to be the street team to get the word out. Well, so many people get excited about kind of being on the inside. And so the launch team created that awareness and also that excitement. Um, but then those people on that launch team, they came up with all sorts of creative marketing ide marketing ideas that I wouldn't have come up with. And they did like um, a book study on Blab. They had me come on and they did this Blab, this live you know interview on Blab. And then they created all these um, cute graphics that I could use on social media that they just did for free because they were excited about the book. They would take pictures of themselves with the book and, and then they're telling their friends and they're, you know, pulling out key statements from the book and saying like, you guys really need to be promoting this because this really impacted me or sharing their stories, sharing their endorsements. So they created all that excitement. And so for me, it was like creating the awareness, creating the excitement. And then when I'm getting ready to really tell people, okay, buy the book, um, I am telling them why they need it in their life and what need it's going to solve in their life, what problem it's going to help them with, um, how it's going to benefit their life versus just saying, buy my book. And I'm really careful that I don't have those really strong sales pitches very often. We plan those out very strategically so that it's only a few times so that when we actually do that hard sales pitch, it's highly effective. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we wanna help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Great stuff. Now what? Let's switch gears a little bit uh, to kind of the, the back end, the monetizing side of things. Uh, I guess first, we'll, I want to touch on how, how have you seen these blogs, not these blogs, have you seen these books lead into growing your blog and growing your, your overall platform? What does that look like? And so um, I think I'm a little bit different in some senses because I started with a pretty solid, good, yep. successful business. And so mm -hmm. um, I've seen other people where they've used the book to kind of launch their business. Um, I did it a little bit in reverse. Um, for me, it's been the credibility um, like I talked about before, that's been huge for me. Um, I've had some pretty big media opportunities and um, gotten to write for a lot of magazines, been quoted in, as like an expert in a lot of articles um, on large in large publications and online, and it's because I have a book. So they'll mm -hmm. say, 
Crystal Payne, if, if it was just founder of MoneySavingMom.com, like that doesn't bear enough weight. But when you can say author of, then the articles and the publications and the media, they're very interested in that. So it's given me that, which has then opened up other doors of opportunity. Um, I think for me, it's also really, this is not monetization, but it's sort of, I think it's shaped me as a writer. Um, I think that there's something about having to go through the process of writing a book and editing it and editing it and editing it and have all having all these people speak into it and criticize it and critique it in a healthy, you know, constructive way that shapes you as a writer. And I know with each book, I have improved so much as a writer. And so I feel like that, even though I can't put a dollar figure on that, I know that that is really invaluable. And that's been invaluable for me as a blogger, as an author, um, and as a communicator as well. Um, I think the other thing that is also an invaluable piece is the confidence that it's given me because writing the book and the opportunities that have opened up as a result of that, um, it's been really scary for me. Some of them that I've had to do that I'm just like, I'd rather just go throw up and poke my eyeballs out than have to go on live TV or on a stage or whatever. But facing those fears and um, being in those situations that were so far outside of my comfort zone, because the book opened up that door, um, then that's helped me to grow in confidence as a person, which has then given me so much more confidence in so many other situations. Now, the actual monetization of the book, like I said, it's a fairly small income stream um, compared to other income streams that we have. But one thing that we did with my last book, um, Money Making Mom, that I was very strategic about is that I wanted to build a part of my business that was dedicated to people who are interested in making money, specifically moms. And so I've been blogging for um, over 10 years at that point and had a successful business. And a lot of people were coming to me saying, you know, how are you doing this? I want to do this. Can you help me? And I realized that I had a lot of experience that I could share and a lot of mistakes that I'd made and that there were a lot of opportunities that could be there as far as being able to promote things like the self-publishing school and being able to promote other opportunities like that, that to my main audience, it wouldn't really be as um, applicable to them because they're looking to save money, not necessarily to make money. So when I launched um, Money Making Mom um, as kind of part of our whole marketing strategy, we built an email list that was called the Money Making Mom email list. And we had a free five-day course that was a video course. Um, if people are interested, it's at moneymakingmombook.com. You can go and you can sign up for it. But we really plugged that versus plugging the book. And I did that very strategically because I knew that the long tail benefits of that would be so much more than a one book purchase. And so I was thinking of, I want to build this whole side of my business that is not just a people are buying the book, but it's that people are looking to me as someone who has um, expertise and experience. They're going to be on my weekly email list. They're going to pay attention to what I'm saying, what I'm writing about, what I'm helping them with and my advice ultimately so that I could produce more digital products that I could, um, promote affiliate opportunities and different things so that it wasn't just about the advance and the um, money from sales of the book, but it was about a much, much bigger um, kind of wing of the business that we launched with that book. Mm, got it. Now let's talk a little bit more about that and kind of 
what it's looked like on the back end, because obviously the long tail monetization on these books is in the email list. It's through the products, the courses, the speaking, the, the, all the things that you've talked about. How have you seen that kind of like, what does that process look like from, Hey, I'm interested in money making mom, the book to, okay, now I'm taking that next step, whether it be the email list, the products, the thing like that. How do you take someone from, they first get exposed to you through your book to then going on and to buying other products? So I think the thing for me that has been so key in my success is just being a real person. <laughs> you know, I am so careful to not put myself up on a pedestal. Like one of my things is every time when I get on an interview, when I um, am on a stage, whatever it is, whatever opportunity that I want to immediately lower the stage. And I want people to know that I'm just like them. And I think I am a very relatable person just because I don't, I didn't go to college. I don't have a marketing background. I don't have any of the things that people think you have to have in order to be successful. Um, I don't have those things. I'm just a regular mom who is really passionate about stuff, who has a lot of perseverance and I've stuck with it and kept learning and kept experimenting and made a lot of mistakes. And so I think that's, that's been key for me is that um, I always tell people, you know, what makes you uniquely you? Because people want to follow a person and you are your brand. And so if people are following you, once they start following you, you can take them wherever you decide you want to go. And so like with me, I started out helping people with clipping coupons and all that. And, and a lot of my audience, they're not there at all anymore. They want to know how to live intentionally and they want to know how to make money and how to um, have a successful business and all that. And I've kind of taken them there because they were following me as a person. So one of the ways that I've done that very successfully um, is through Periscope. Um, Periscope actually launched kind of and became a big thing um, a few months before Money Making Mom launched. And so I actually did um, Money Making Mom scopes every single afternoon um, leading up to the launch and really pushed people to go sign up for my free five-day course. So people connected with me through Periscope and they connected with me as a person and they recognized I like this person or they decided I didn't like this person, they stopped following me, but they they said I like this person, I like what she has to offer, I, I can trust her, so therefore I'm gonna go sign up for her email list. So we built that trust relationship and then once they got on my email list, I continue to then nurture that relationship by offering them lots of really valuable insider behind the scenes sorts of things that I'm sharing with them and just kind of opening up the business to them and sharing, you know, kind of gutting myself and the business for them to see the mistakes I'm making, what I'm learning, what I'm trying, what's working, articles I'm reading, books I'm reading, just to give them that inside peek and just sharing lots of helpful information and very rarely asking them to buy something. And so that's for me like, building that trust relationship, talking to the person on my email list. I always write them thinking of writing to a friend. When I'm on Periscope, when I'm on an interview, it's like always, I just want to be, I'm talking to a friend and that is who I am. That's, that's where I'm my best self. And so doing that and connecting with people in that way. So then they will then follow you and buy whatever it is that you promote or whatever it is that you write or produce because they built that trust relationship with you. Got it. Now it seems like the money making uh, mom had that had the most direct path to like more back end monetization and business growth and things like that. Are there particular things that you saw from the first book that that also led to like back end courses or to other things that you're doing, or was it mostly the the money making mom? 
So I would say with my first book, not necessarily. My first book was more like the legitimacy and the opportunities. Um, I know after my first book launch, I started getting a lot more speaking requests and I'd not really gotten those before. So I feel like it really opened the door for speaking and media that I hadn't had before. So those were great things that really then also launched some other things. The other thing I would say with that is that it um, opened the door for, for networking with certain people that maybe they wouldn't have paid attention to me before, but then they saw, oh, she's not just a blogger. Um, she's actually an author of a bad book, but whatever. Um, and so then <laughs> I, they would reach out to me and there were, we made connections there that has, have um, impacted me in the long term. But with my second book, which is called Say Goodbye to Survival Mode, and it's really about helping women to um, streamline their life so that they can um, really live with intention. And so that book, um, I would say, opened up a lot of other doors for me um, outside of the money-saving route. And that was really my hope with that book because people had just for so long looked at me as money-saving mom. I was obviously, that's my brand. And so that's what they saw me as. So that book was a departure from my brand. But it was a topic that people had been asking me about a lot. And so it gave me credibility outside of just frugal living, clipping coupons and all that. And so it opened the door for that, which then um, from that we were able to launch. And we have two courses that actually three courses that we've done, make over your mornings, make over your evenings and make over your year that um, have become a huge income stream for our business um, and just passive residual income from that. And I really feel like that book gave me the kind of foundation for then people to say, oh, wow, she has a lot to say on using your time well and living with intention. So therefore, of course, we want to buy her courses because we learn so much from her book. Got it. That's good. Now, th those three courses that you just mentioned, I imagine now do most of those sales come from the book? Do they come directly from the blog, from other marketing channels that you use? What does that kind of breakdown look like? Yeah, so I would say that the majority of those course sales right now, we're getting ready to launch like a whole big new um, evergreen campaign for those courses. But right now, it's mostly just kind of the passive income from people finding it through either affiliate links on other people's sites or through um, Pinterest um, has been really huge for our um, for our site as far as people clicking through on a post on Pinterest that then um, plugs that we kind of have it, um, the course is plugged on some, you know, our top 30, 40, 50 posts. Um, they, and there's a strong push for it at the bottom. So people are coming in to read that post and then it's something to do with, you know, living with attention or using your time wisely or something. And they're like, oh, I like this post. And so then there's a plug at the bottom for the course. And that's um, where it's come from as well. One of the big things that we did um, with the courses is that um, we offered day one for free, um, which is, I mean, it's a very simple thing that a lot of people do, but we've actually had 50% conversion on those signups with um, Makeover Your Mornings because you know, people signing up, getting day one, and they're like, I really like this. And so that's been a great teaser that's then led into a lot more sales. That's awesome. That's a great tip. Now, of all the things that, that you guys do to monetize on the back end of your book, what's been the biggest revenue generator? Um, so the biggest revenue generator for us as far as with the books is I would say people um, finding out about us and then signing up for either our email list or just becoming a regular blog reader or following us on social media. So our still our um, 
over 50% of our income now still comes from affiliate sales um, and affiliate marketing. We're working on trying to um, diversify more because it was 75%. So we're making mm. progress yes. um, because I don't want to have all the eggs in the affiliate marketing basket. But for uh, for us, the books have been kind of a gateway for people to find out about us and then follow the blog. And um, a lot of people found um, the li- a lot of libraries carry my books. And so that's especially for, for my first two books. Um, so many people have checked them out from the library and found out about us from that and then started following and become regular readers, which then, you know, if people are regularly visiting your site like every day or three times a week or whatever, then there's, you're going to be earning money off of them, whether they're just for them showing up to your site, the sidebar advertising, or like on our site, we make a lot of money off of people printing coupons, people signing up for freebies, that sort of thing through affiliate marketing. And so just as them being a part, a regular part of our audience, we're earning money from them. Got it. That's great. Now, um, let's see, what's one, what's one surprising way that you've made money on the back end of your book? Maybe something that you didn't expect when you first started uh, doing these books, but something that was like, hmm, that's kind of cool. Um, well, this is not exactly a making money on the back end, but this was um, a tip that I wanted to share earlier that then I forgot to about one surprising way that we marketed the book that ended up being like the most successful way to market the book and sell the most copies. And that was um, from, so my second book, Say Goodbye to Survival Mode, it was, it launched in January and we had this brilliant idea that we were going to do this free package of um, coupons and freebies that people would get if they pre-ordered the book. So we thought this was a brilliant idea and we hadn't seen anybody who was doing it. Like a lot of people will do where it's like you get these free eBooks or you'll get courses or whatever, um, but not where they were working with a bunch of other companies and the companies were offering freebies and coupons. Um, And so we thought this was a brilliant idea. Well, it kind of fell flat on its face because um, our readers were sort of like, nah, that's, you know, it's a good coupon, but you post good coupons like that. It wasn't what was super enticing for them until um, right around the end of December, I realized, you know, there's one freebie in this package that I think will do really well. And it was called the Motivated Moms Chore Planner, which is basically um, this organizational system that every single day of the year, it tells you what you should clean, you know, clean your bathroom, clean your vents, like it breaks it down. So for moms who are really busy, who they want to have their house clean, but they just need somebody to tell them what to do. This planner was free if they pre-ordered the book. So instead of me focusing on telling them like, here's all these 10, you know, amazing things you get if you pre-order the book, I instead started focusing on just the one freebie that I thought would be the most, uh, the biggest incentive for people. So the day that we started really promoting that versus all 10, our sales went way, way up as a result of that. And so it was really cool to see how, you know, we thought we had this great idea, but it actually we had like totally missed the mark. People just wanted one freebie. They didn't want the whole package. And so just, just, a, you know, throwing that out there of like how I realized that it wasn't working. And instead of scrapping the plan or instead of saying like, okay, well, we're just going to keep, we're just going to keep going because this is what we got. I said, okay, let's go back to the drawing table and how can we take this plan, but how can we tweak it some so that it will be really successful. And then that ended up being the thing that sold the most copies of the book overall and um, ever as a result of just focusing on that one freebie when people pre-ordered. 
Wow. And it, you think it was just the positioning? It was just the, that people, that's what people wanted. Why do you think that was? So there was a couple of reasons. Um, one would be it was a brand that my audience was very familiar with for the past three years. I'd Anytime motivated moms would have a sale on their chore planner, I would promote it because people loved it. So I knew it was a brand that people loved and a product that people were really interested in. It was also the timing of it. Um, so I started promoting it right near the end of December, beginning of January, when everyone is going to change their life and they want whatever it is that they think is going to change their life. And so positioning it and not only with the branding, but also with the timing, that's really what was key. And then being very strategic about sending out to our whole email list and you know sending out through all of our avenues and really focusing on this one thing. I think that I see a lot of authors going on a tangent here, but I think I see a lot of authors, they do a disservice to their product by saying, giving people so many options instead of just giving them this one option. And so they'll say, you know, if you buy one book, you get these five things. And if you buy five books, you get these 10 things. And if you buy 25 books and it's like, people are just like, no, just, I just want one option. And so much of the time we just need to focus on that one call to action. We think that more is going to be better, but it's actually just going to be confusing and overwhelming to people. That's a great tip. Confuse people don't buy. That's right. Most you so need to many. like have it like right, like smack dab on their forehead, like click the button. You know? Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Now, Crystal, this has been great. What would be your parting tip uh, for someone thinking about writing and publishing their first book? I think the biggest thing that I always just encourage people with is to own your gifts and your own unique story. I think it's so easy for us to look around and we see all these people. We see somebody like you who you're doing amazing things. You're young and you're on fire and you have so much passion for what we're doing. And I can look at you and I can think, this is just like, I wish, I wish I could be young again and have all this passion and like go, you know, I, I wish I had all those ideas and I forget to be me. And so I just really challenge people, you know, women, especially, we are so prone to compare ourselves to other people and then to let that be kind of the death of our vision and our story. And just to know that every single person in the whole entire universe, you have your own unique gifts, your own unique skills, your own unique talents, your own unique passions, your own unique life experience and story. And I just want you to not apologize for that, not feel less than because of that, but to own those gifts, to walk into those gifts and to share your story, your own unique story, your own unique perspective with the world, because the world needs your own unique perspective. The world needs your voice and the world needs your story. Awesome. Well, that's, that's some great parting advice, Crystal. This has been fantastic as always. Uh, love hanging out, love chatting, and just love the passion that you bring uh, to what you do. So before we head out, where can people go to find out more about you, what you're doing in your books? Yeah, so um, my kind of hub for everything I do is at moneysavingmom.com. If you want to find out more, um, I talked about my Money Making Mom book and my free five-day course. If you want to see what I'm doing there, that's been really effective. If you go to moneymakingmombook.com, you can sign up for that free five-day course and just see how we're marketing that book um, very successfully. So thank you so much for the opportunity. This was so much fun. Yes, thank you, Crystal. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. 
All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, And then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, So number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.